Well, this morning we continue our series in our Advent season, the long-expected Jesus. Many of you have been coming on Wednesday nights uh, to working through the devotional, and that's, that's pretty awesome to hear. I heard it was great this last Wednesday night. A few weeks ago, I, I spoke on He is Coming. Dr. Dan did a great job last week with He is Lord. Next week, I will talk about on Christmas Eve, She is Chosen, and today, He is Light. You know, with the kids here today, one one of the most common fears for children is the fear of the dark. Because it makes perfect sense because what was familiar during the day becomes unfamiliar during the dark. What was a jacket casually thrown across a chair suddenly becomes what? A monster, if you're not careful, at night. And when light shines on it, then it makes a difference. But when in the dark, things look different. Going outside at night, at, at, at night in the dark feels a little different. Knocking on someone's door in the dark feels a little different. You know, our neighborhood has, is not very lit up. Those who've been there, our neighborhood it doesn't have only streetlights at the corner, and it's pretty dark. And if someone knocks on your door at night, we don't have a peephole. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, do you, you know, what, you know, do you yell through the door, who is it? Sometimes maybe, but you do. It does have a different feel. When in the daytime, you probably go ahead and just, just open the door. At the end of our bed, in our bedroom, we have a couch. One of the things I try to measure, I don't know if you ever do this, you, you walk through a room that has obviously furniture you walk through many times, but you're trying to measure yourself where you're going to turn. And on our, the couch, I've lined our alarm clock up with the end of the couch so when I come down that couch and I turn left, I don't turn too soon. Because, I mean, all you have to do is just turn a half a hair too late, and there's a broken toe, if nothing else. So I try to make sure I've got some kind of feel about that. Well, that's where we are this morning. This morning, John is writing to us in the book of John, chapter 1, and I want to read that to you, and that's where we'll launch off from this morning. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through Him all might believe. He Himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, and his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will but born of God. The Word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. The people knew darkness. When Jesus came into the world, the people knew darkness. Remember, they hadn't heard from God for a long, long time. And they were feeling pretty desperate. And I would say in somewhere in there they were losing hope. I mean, you may feel this way. You may feel at times where God is silent. 
or been silent for a while, and somewhere, sometimes we lose our hope that God will be faithful to accomplish what he's promised. But I love what John writes here. He, he reassures them first. says, in the beginning was the Word. In verse 1. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning. Reminder of Genesis 1.1. He was there. He is Alpha and Omega. Before everything else existed, I am was there. It was critical for John that we understood this. It was critical because he wanted to make sure we were not talking about, he was not confusing it with just any ordinary man. But God himself. Verse 3 does it again, doesn't he? All things were made by him. And without him, not any, anything made that was made. I like this. This is kind of how I see this. John's saying, just in case you didn't get it the first time, it's almost like he's grabbed. You ever like you're, you're trying to get your kids' attention? You're wanting to grab. You're getting their attention, and you're wanting to look them in the eye and go, "Don't miss this part." The whole thing hinges on whether Christ is God. It does, and by Christ coming, He gives us that way to God. That the way to God is not some faraway object. That the way to God is not like we're standing in this place. The light we're talking about is not some distant light that's way, way out there that we're looking at like it's on top of Mount Everest. And we're looking at it and somehow or another, we have to scale that mountain to get to the light. Most of us, I would guess, would look at that and go, it's too far, it's too steep. We may lose our way. Now, some have climbed Mount Everest, so okay, we can say. Some, okay, might can get there, but most are not. Unattainable. But what's so awesome about this passage is, is that the way came to us. Through Jesus Christ, we can know God. Jesus had to come to offer the redemption, to become man, to offer that redemption for us that comes only through His grace to give us life. So John mentions in verse 4, in Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. I wish in here you could do it, or it was, it was capitalized in your Bible, but I, I love that word life, as many of you already know. In my life verse. Because it's much more than a human existence. The word here is zoe. And it's real life. Genuine. A life active and vigorous. A real life that's devoted to God. All things were made by Him. And for Him. You were made for this. I was made for this. We were made for a greater purpose. It was to be with Him and live in that life. A life that brings great possibilities. It sets men and women dreaming of things they'd have never thought of. It makes them desire to be something better than they ever were. John goes on to say, verse 4, In him was life again, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome, will not, cannot extinguish it. John assures the people here 
the Messiah is coming. John's message meant that the people could have hope and continue to anticipate an end to the darkness. See, many of us, like I did as a teenager, think of the divine light more as an interrogation light than it is, I mean, you think about those scenes, more as an interrogation light than it is other things, where it's there to really to, to intimidate us, which I was as a teenager, or manipulate us in some different way. That's how many of us see God. And there's no doubt, in its essence, light brings our bent to self-centeredness where we can see it. But this divine light has come for more than exposing to our, us to our true selves, which is valuable, and penetrates in ways that we aren't able to measure. But it grants us great vision for the pathway to walk. See, a new lens, when Christ is in your life and the light of Christ is in your life, a new lens in which you see mountains and valleys, you see the rain different this morning, you see oceans and rivers and trees and animals and people, nothing will be the same again. But you have to have Him as your light. But everything looks different in the light of Christ. It just does. John 8, 12 says, when, people spoke, when Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If the light shines in the darkness, it shines on. The church has had many opportunities throughout history to be destroyed and to be snuffed out. But darkness could not overcome it. Especially, especially at the cross. It could not. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. As a kid, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. It's been sung over and over through the decades. The call for us is to make light, make this light to all human beings, even, even the marginalized. Jesus lived in the margins in this sense, he went to where the marginalized were, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, ultimately to all human beings. And we often need to be reminded to shine Christ's light for others in the midst of darkness and pain, in the midst of life's challenges and hardships. That they may see hope in the midst of their darkness also. This Advent season for us has been and are and we are reaching out to the marginalized. I love the fact that we have been able to give through the Church of the Nazarene, a Nazarene Compassionate Ministry, children caught in conflict around the world. And just thank you so much for that. The coin drive that we've been a part of over the last, uh, you were over the last few, few weeks, and laundry day last Saturday, and it was pretty awesome to walk in there and see all the activity and, and all the loads of laundry that were done and working with the Fountain of Hope. Gift cards for veterans, which we're still collecting, 
to be able to give those veterans at the VA. For Camel View Elementary, and partner with families who otherwise this Christmas may not have gifts. But some of you, and even some of you, will be able to deliver those, I think, next Saturday it is, on the 23rd. So it's going to be an exciting thing for many of you to get a chance to interface face-to-face, like a better way to say it, face-to-face with those that you're giving gifts to. So that's just to really feel blessed that God has opened those doors up for us. Advent is a time when we reflect on the coming light. A light who entered into darkness to illuminate the heaviness, the grief, the pain. A light has come to shine hope, life, grace, and love into our hearts and lives and out into the world. And sometimes that can happen even in death. Light can shine. I had the opportunity just a little over a week ago to speak at my mother's memorial. And at a little old church she attended for, for years and years, ever since I was been around, I guess, 55, 60 years, she'd attended that little Church of Christ there in Wicks, Arkansas. That little church was packed, standing room, out into the hallway, out in the fellowship hall. It was pretty awesome to see people there coming, not only family, but friends and, and folks from around that little town that have known her all those years. But what I was able to speak on in the middle of all that was the fact that In the midst of great sadness, there was great joy at the same time. And I was able to talk about my mom and dad and how they had let, and I I didn't necessarily use these words, but how they had let the light of Christ shine through them into a community, into into their family, and how great of an impact they had made over those years. And I think it was evident by the church and those in attendance. So even in the middle of that, light begins to shine. Even in the middle of that, you see that great hope. That even that, even death, in the middle of that, there is light shining. My word for my parents was, and I used that day, and was the word grit. You have to have the light of Christ, I believe, to really move forward with grit with perseverance, with endurance. It's that light of Christ shining in you. You continue to move forward. And they were such an unbelievable example of that. It'll be a lamp on your troubled path. It will reveal the loving face of God behind every seemingly insurmountable event. The light, Jesus Christ, has come to live with us and to guide us. Verse 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born not of descent, natural descent, nor the human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus wants to be a light for us that we might know love, grace, and peace. But we're also called to shine the light of Jesus to those around us that they may see the love of God through us. We do not walk alone, and he is the light for our path. And in that, 
we can have a great hope. Let me pray for us. Lord, we stand today with confidence that you are the light of the world. You have come to give us that pathway to life. You came to us. We didn't have to kind of try to chase you down. You came to us, Lord, and today we want to just say thank you that you came as that path. And you call us now, those who have that light, to shine it for others, to glorify you. Thank you for life, Christ. Thank you. Zoe, great possibilities. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen and amen.